0: Visiting with us, we're working on a series on Sunday nights called Training with the Twelve. We're uh, traveling along with Jesus and His Twelve and trying to see what He taught them and what we maybe ought to learn, since they were uh, had a pretty important job ahead of them, and we have a pretty important job to maintain the church that they began. Uh, so we're on topic five, started last time we were together, which is... Two weeks ago, uh, since it was two weeks ago, we had Independence Day in there in the middle. Uh, let's review just a little bit on the front page of your handout, and if you are visiting, you might not have remembered to pick up one of the, or known to pick up one of the handouts there at the back, but uh, they're not hard to find this year. That's Tangerine 12, by the way, is the color. Um, and we, our topic is Poisoned bread. This year, or this topic. Uh, One little incident in Matthew and Mark, it's recorded, and I think there are a lot of lessons in that little short story about the apostles being confused about something. Uh, We introduced the event last week or last time together, and we went back in history a little bit and saw what. Where they were in their training, they had seen Jesus feed the 5,000, they'd seen Jesus walk on water, they'd heard him talk about being the living bread, and they'd seen him, uh, feed the 4,000 in Decapolis. Uh, so they'd seen all that. And now we come to this event where the Pharisees and the Sadducees ganged up on him. Pharisees and Sadducees both came together to talk to him, which was a little bit of an unusual event. Because they were very different uh, sects or parties among the Jewish believers. But on this instance, they got together and came and talked to Jesus. And it upset Jesus greatly. He sighed deeply in his spirit because of what they were asking. And, they, and he called them an evil and adulterous generation. And he wouldn't give them an answer for what they asked. They wanted a sign. They wanted a sign from heaven. Uh, They wanted proof that he was the Son of God, and he didn't think they were paying attention. So he broke pretty harshly to them, uh, was disturbed himself, and uh, that's kind of what we got done the last time. Now, we move to where he starts to teach the Twelve on the back page of the handout, and in uh, verse 5 of Matthew 16 and verse 14 of Mark 8 the passages we have there on the handout. Uh, they crossed the to the other side of the sea and evidently now we're guessing a little bit here but evidently Jesus didn't talk on the way over. Well, we don't have any record of him saying anything. I think he probably stayed pretty silent and was thinking about what had just happened. Uh, the picture we get, anyway. Uh, but let's look first at uh, the warning itself. And this kind of came out of the blue, it seems. It, it sounds, when you read the story, it sounds like they landed on the other side, they're all getting out of the boat, and walking, starting to walk wherever they're going to walk. And all of a sudden, just Jesus out of nowhere no introduction, no preamble, it says watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now down in Mark, he says, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Okay? Now, we don't know for sure if he included, meant the Sadducees uh, as the party of Herod kind of. Or there was another group, the Herodians, which were even more politically aligned with Herod. So maybe he's bringing them into this group. Uh, We don't know for sure, but he says, just like I said, out of the blue, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, and maybe of the Herodians. Now, it would be tempting to take off and spend a whole lot of time on that history uh, would be tempting because I've been catching up on A.D. lately. Uh, How many of you have watched or are watching the TV series A.D.? One, two, three Christians in the group. Four, five. Okay. Good Christian entertainment. What are you guys watching, Oprah or something? Come on now. When there's good stuff on, you ought to watch it. It gives you some history. Uh, well, now I do have to go off and spend hours telling you about it since you're not watching it. Uh, actually, we taped it, and didn't, we didn't get started till late, but now that we finally got started, we're really enjoying it. Uh, it's very similar. In fact, I think the same people did it that did the, the Bible before last year or two years ago. And if you watch that, uh, they they do a lot of things in here, in both movies and both series, which make you go, huh. It, it, it So far, I really haven't caught them changing scripture to speak of. Some of you may have spotted some little tiny point. If so, you're a Pharisee. But anyhow, I haven't caught them messing up much scripture. But they do things that it doesn't say in Scripture. But after it's over, you think, well, that could have happened. It could have been that way. You just never thought of it that way. So it makes you think. It's a good series. If you had not started it, I'm sure you can order it somehow. and am sure the DVDs will be out somewhere. But yeah, it's worth spending time. It's a family. It's worth watching with the family and discussing, I think. Uh, but anyhow, my point is... For about probably three or four weeks of the last three or four we've watched, it's all about the politics. Uh, the, it's after the resurrection of Christ. Uh, Peter and the gang are in and out of Jerusalem and getting persecuted and they're crucifying Christians and Pilate's trying to stamp out this new movement and uh, all this is going on, but it's mainly about the politics between Caiaphas, the high priest, and Pilate, the Roman governor, and then Herod Antipas, who comes from, he's the governor of the territory and supposedly uh, Jewish, but he's not completely Jewish. And all these three factions, along with, actually I forgot, the ex-high priest uh Annas, who's Caiaphas' father-in-law. So you get all this mess going on in politics. And a lot of what's happening is not in the New Testament, except it says the Christians were persecuted. And from that, they've come up with all this, which is a pretty good explanation of why it all went on. It's very interesting to see what was going on between these Jewish parties and the Romans and the the high priest, and even within the Sanhedrin, the disagreements between the different parties uh, and all of that. So uh, watch AD sometime. But after you've seen that and think about the politics of it, you realize what a big deal it was here for the Pharisees and Sadducees to come to Jesus together and ask for a sign and try to Uh, can get him in trouble and all that or disprove him and why Jesus was so upset with them. And then when they get to the other side of the lake that's all he says is beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Okay. Now we'll come back to that later and try to figure it out but that's all Jesus said. That's his warning. Now the next part is what the twelve think when he says that. And this is the funny part of the story. This is comical to me uh, how far off track these guys were. He said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, here's what the account tells us Mark, Matthew 16. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus gives them a warning Beware of the leaven. And they began discussing among themselves, saying, We bought no bread. Okay? And the logical conclusion is, We can't go buy any bread from Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus said, well, watch out for their bread. There's something wrong with it. That's why I call this poisoned bread. In Mark's account, it says, Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And then Jesus says, watch out, beware of the leaven." And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. So that's their response. And our my response to that is, how can you be that far off? How, how do you get there? You know, the master... You've just seen him have a very discouraging time with the Pharisees and Sadducees. You've seen him probably be dead silent all the way across the sea. And he tells you to beware of something with the Pharisees and Sadducees, and you think it's bread. That's where you're discussing. If that seems kind of almost impossible to you... I think it probably was pretty far out because of Jesus' actions. Jesus got a little hot with the boys. Okay? Jesus' response comes right after that. Now, let's read the Matthew one first, starting in verse 8. Jesus, aware of this, he knew what they were talking about. He said, Oh, you of little faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? You know, we're talking about a teacher here, training the twelve. You ever have a teacher, when you ask a question, say, say where have you been all semester? Yeah. Have you not been paying attention? That's the dumbest question I ever heard. You know, I've heard that happen in class to other people. But I've... <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to them. He said, how can you think I'm talking about bread? And you've been paying attention. And what's he draw their remembrance to? Feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000. I mean, here's, the whole, here's a whole other problem that we'll talk about in a minute. It's not that they weren't in tune with what he was talking about spiritually. I mean, here's when he calls them a little faith, What's their problem? they 've seen it two times they've seen him feed five thousand people with no bread, and there's twelve of them, and they're worried about it okay let's read it from Mark. He says it just a little bit differently in fact, he gets Mark includes some questions I think he shames them even a little bit more. Jesus aware of this, said to them, well this begins in verse seventeen. Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes to see, don't you see? And having ears, you don't hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? I had to answer him. He stopped and made them answer. They said, and 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? I said, seven. And he said to them, Don't you understand? Don't you get this? I mean, this is a training moment for these poor guys. They, they were really slow sometimes, and Jesus pointed it out, called them of little faith, demanded that they tell him how many they picked up and why they don't remember that, and what's the matter with them. Okay, so and that's all the story tells us. That's where the story ends. So let's let's draw a few, or let's think a little bit further. What was the problem with the twelve, first of all? Since we're calling ourselves the 13th Apostle and want to do better than the twelve, what was their problem? How did they get this messed up? Jesus couldn't understand how they were that messed up. I think he could, but he was abusing them, so they'd think about it. Now, it's not in the text what their problem was, but what I put down on your handout for us to consider is where was their focus? What were these guys focused on? Over on the other shore, Jesus sighed deep in his spirit because of the spiritual problem that the Pharisees and Sadducees had. What were the disciples focused on? Lunch. Lunch. You know, I mean, Jesus is over fighting this cosmic battle with the the spiritual forces and all the Pharisees and Sadducees and the Jewish nation and all of that. And the boys are wondering when we're going to have lunch. Where's the focus? And what I put down, is it spiritual or temporal? Is it heavenly or is it earthly? Well, the answer is obvious. They they took the signs event, what happened on the other shore, they took that way too lightly. They didn't pay attention. You know, if you were really trying to learn from the Master, I think you'd watch that situation and see how he handled the Pharisees and Sadducees and how upset he got and how he told them he wasn't going to give them an answer and all of that. You might even have asked him some questions on the way back across the sea. But they didn't. They were sitting back there talking about, oh my goodness, we forgot bread. Who was supposed to do the shopping this week over there? They were were focused on the bread way too seriously. On the sign events, way too lightly. On the bread, way too seriously. I mean, if I'd just been with the Master, it seems like if he had just called somebody an evil and adulterous generation, I might have perked up, you know. Whoa. He's not happy with them. If I'm supposed to learn from him, I think I'll ask him why on the way home. Anyhow, that's my guess at what their problem was. They just weren't focused on spiritual things. They were worried about temporal things. And that's Why Jesus got so upset with them. Kept asking them, don't you understand? Now, there was a, I barely mentioned it, there was a big problem of faith in there. I mean, you think about it. To see him feed 5,000 people with little bits that would fit on this pulpit and feed 4,000 people with a little bit that would fit here in my hands. And they even had a loaf of bread. And they were worried how they were going to feed themselves. You know, got a little faith problem there. Maybe you would figure out Jesus can handle this kind of thing. This isn't our biggest worry today. Okay. Uh, Anyhow, that's what the story tells us. Now, let me close by reading a... passage from Dr. Bruce's book, which we're kind of using to pick our topics, uh, The Training of the Twelve, a classic Christian book, um, and I want to read this paragraph that he wrote about this, because what we've got to figure out is what the leaven is, and the story's interesting, and the abuse of the disciples gets interesting and all that, but the big part of the story is he said to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So those 12 should have been trying to figure that out, and number 13 ought to figure out what it is in 2015. So the next week or two, we'll try to figure out what the leaven is today. But listen to what uh, Bruce says about the leaven, about this event. He said, It was thus made apparent, once for all, that a Christian is not one who merely differs superficially, either from Pharisees or from Sadducees separately, but one who differs radically from both. A weighty truth, not yet well understood, for it's fancied by many that right believing and right living consist in going to the opposite extreme from any tendency whose evil influence is apparent. What Bruce is trying to tell us here is when he says, Beware of the Pharisees and Sadducees, that were the two groups in that day that were the opposite extremes. And he says, some people think that whichever one you pick, you know, as long as you're different from the other one, that's good. I'm not that. I'm over here. And somebody else will say, well, I'm not that. I'm over here. And what Bruce is trying to point out is, to pay attention, Jesus said both of them are dangerous. And he said it's men's tendency to, if you think that one's the worst, then you swing way over here. If you think that one's bad, you swing way over here. He said that that gets confused when Jesus said both of them. Watch out for them. Okay, let me keep reading here. Uh, about the middle there. To avoid Pharisee strictness and superstition, grown odious, men run into Sadduceic skepticism and license. Or, frightened by the excesses of infidelity and secularity, They seek salvation in ritualism, infallible churches, and the revival of medieval monkery. Now, Bruce wrote a little bit heavier than we hear today on TV. You've got to turn your brain on a little bit when you listen to him. But he's given us history here. You read Christian history, and this is kind of the way it goes. It goes back and forth between liberal and way conservative and back to way liberal and way back to legalism. And it just goes back and forth all the time through history. All the things that are problems today that we think in the, in the church or in Christianity, or, this isn't their first cycle through, folks. For 20 centuries, we've been going back and forth. And we respond to one with the other. Okay? That's what Bruce is trying to tell us here. There's problems on both sides, and we just run back and forth between them. Let's go over that last sentence again, since it was such a heavy sentence. He said, the Pharisees are so strict and superstitious and all that, and that grows odious. You finally get tired of that foolishness. You know, it, it just smells. You know, you get so tired of it. And so what people do when they're tired of that is they run over to the Sadducees, kind of license infidelity and secularity and let's let the Greek culture in and do all of that. Okay? And he says when they get frightened by that, then they go back to ritualism and infallible churches and a revival of monkery. Okay? So they're too liberal, and nobody's got any idea what's right or wrong or indifferent. So we'll just come out with our list of rules, and the church will be infallible, and what we say is it. So that's the picture Bruce is painting here. Then he said, thus, the two tendencies continue, ever propagating each other on the principles of action and reaction. One generation or school going all lengths in one direction, and another making a point of being as unlike its predecessor or its neighbor as possible, and both being equally far from the truth. Eh? What Bruce thought about it. Doesn't mean he's scripture or anything, he just thinks that's what it means. That's what we ought to be aware of. So we're in twenty fifteen. We don't have Jewish parties trying to tell us what to do, but do we have any leaven? Do we have two extremes of leaven, perhaps? Uh, or maybe more. Maybe we have more extremes than that. That's what we're going to try to figure out next week, today's leaven. See if we can find out what is going on in the world and that we ought to be aware of as the 13th Apostle. So, that's where we'll quit tonight and we'll tackle next week today's 11 and see what are the competing forces that we ought to beware of both sides on. All right, the lesson is yours. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation tonight, we'd be happy to help you in any way we can. I'm going to stand and sing a good song. If you need to come and talk to the elders about an income, let's stand.